Oh, good. You didn't say anything during the countdown because it fucking records the countdown. <laughs> and we're live. And I've more less than five seconds in, and I already dropped an F bomb. So, this is Ooh. the second episode of Ask Me Talk. I believe this will be released probably after the first one. Um, I'm afraid Stacy can't join us today. She's busy being the autism sage. But today we do have a guest, my friend Ryan, who I've known since. Yo, Ryan, how, how long have we been friends? Ooh, since like, I don't know, maybe 2009, 2010, like the end of high school, so. Yeah, so, a, a, a long time. So, like I say at the beginning of every episode, um, I suggest if you have kids in, in listening with you or you're sensitive to, to harsh language, I suggest put on some headphones. Ask Me Talk is a series where autistic people talk about issues that are relevant to autistic people. All people are welcome to listen. But it's going to be a bit more uh, uncensored and off the cuff. So there's going to be some bad language, some controversial topics, things like politics, economics, all that jazz. So with that uh, out of the way, let's get back to what we were talking about before I hit record. Um, Yeah, so what do you think about uh, Joe Rogan and the whole Spotify thing? I mean, I'm not surprised that this much backlash is going against Rogan. He's been, like, shooting himself in the foot for the last ever now. The, he, I don't know why he feels the need to show his ass every week. That's basically what he does. He just shows his ass. And it's like, why are people mad at me? Like, you don't bring in Jordan Peterson and actually believe your bullshit. He's just appealing to people. Yo, did you see, did you see that? I, I have, I've been too timid. I've seen his other interviews with Jordan Peterson and I saw another one that 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 was the interview where we talked about enforced monogamy. So I'm afraid to watch this one, but you showed me the clips. That shit looked wild. I didn't see those. I, funnily enough, I did see clips of his recent podcast of Candace Owens. Oh God! And she's going off about how climate change is, you know, a bunch of bullshit, all the right wing talk. And Rogan is apparently correcting her, saying it's not. But with Peterson, he's agreeing that climate is a myth. He's just saying whatever he wants involving his guests, so. Yeah, he, he kind of, I, I like Rogan, but he, he kind of does do that a lot. And it, it's just sort of annoying because I feel like he, he doesn't push back enough on the crazies. Now, some of the, some of the right-wingers, people who disagree with us, say the same thing about some of his left-wing guests, that he doesn't push back enough. But who knows? Maybe I, I'm trying to be nice because I'd like to get on his podcast one day. Well, I have no attention of that, so I'm probably going to be the bad cuff in this situation. Yeah, I'm never. We're never getting on this fucking podcast. It's never fucking happening. If this pod, if this podcast ended right now, I'd be cheering. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> okay, but like I don't shit. want him. I don't want him canceled per se because I believe in free speech, but I do believe in consequences for being an idiot and saying that trans people existing is a threat to you. Yeah, I, I know. believe there are consequences to that. Stuff. I know. I know. Like. <laughs> okay, let me let me try to actually be a professional interviewer for once. Keyword on try and ask a couple <laughs> questions. So Ryan, um, we 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 have a large audience of parents and caregivers and some teachers of autistic people. So I'm gonna ask a couple questions that I feel like they would be interested in. So first off, the basic one: uh, Were you ever diagnosed as autistic, and if so, when? I, I don't even know that one. You know, I actually just asked this question. Uh, I was not diagnosed. I was in public school up until I graduated fifth grade. 
But at that point, I had to switch to a different school. And it was clear to everybody involved that I was a different kid than everyone else. I was always reading while the kids were at their desk working. When they were reading, I was at my desk working. I didn't really make friends. I was an easy target for bullies. Mm, Yeah, I know that feeling. And so my mom took me to an IEP meeting, and I got evaluated by this dude who I somehow remember him his face. I don't remember his name. (laughs) I don't remember any of my IEP people. And they suggested that I'd be better off in a special ed environment. Because I don't think I was ever officially diagnosed at that point. Maybe I was. I can't recall exactly, but... Special Ed was deemed to be a but, better environment but you for defi- me. you definitely think you're autistic. Oh, yeah. Especially looking at me now compared to how I was in high school. It was definitely there. Oh, yeah. I, there's, a, there's a big debate in, like, the autism community about, like, self-diagnosed versus actual diagnosis. And it is probably the second dumbest debate I've ever seen. The first being the difference between medical, the medical and social model disability. We're not going into that shit right now. But it's definitely one of the dumbest debates. Basically, there are some people who say that, like, and some parents of autistic kids say that if you're self-diagnosed, it's invalid. I I, I, I don't fucking know why. Like, I really don't. But a lot, but some people do say that shit. I mean, some people say crazy shit like, if you're an anti-vaxxer, you're a domestic terrorist. So, some people just say crazy shit like that. <laughs> you're right. People do say, people do say that. And it's funny, they say that about the anti-vaxxers. And we actually have domestic terrorists. Like, we have no shortage of domestic terrorists like, in this We country. actually have that group. You don't need to label others in there. Like Yeah, well, like, we, we're, we're, we're set on that. But then, so you ended up in, were you in special ed middle school? When did you start our high school, which we're not going to mention the name of? I started in sixth grade, so at the very end of our school's elementary period. Uh, oh, yeah, because back then that was still elementary school, right? Yeah. Because in, Ameri- yeah. Yeah. In, in America a few years ago, about ten years ago, actually, sixth grade used to be considered part of elementary school, and then seventh, seventh and eighth were middle school, and then ninth through twelfth was high school. And about ten years ago, they switched it to make it so sixth grade is still part. So sixth grade is now part of middle school. Wasn't like that for me. Sixth grade was still technically elementary for me. Yeah, you you were still in elementary, and we met in and our school covered. Uh, and I, I probably should let you do this talking, but our school covered elementary, middle school, and high school. Uh, so we don't get sued. We're going to call it Norland. We're okay. going to call it the Norland School because. Uh, we're going to have some critiques of it probably at some point in this podcast. But oh, for yeah, sure. Uh, it had, or it, w- it went K through 12. So you started there in sixth grade. So you were like, what, around 11? Yeah, I actually had a friend. You remember Dane. He was literally there for his entire school life. Oh, yeah, Dane place. was there for, for, for mad long. Uh, Galen Fish- was there for basically Galen, since I think Fisher. second or third grade, something like that, yeah. Yeah, Fisher was, uh, Fisher was there from like, First grade, I think. Uh, Asher yeah. was there from like second grade. How that was kind of an anomaly there. showing up as late as I did. Your anomaly. I showed up in tenth grade. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I started. That, that's where we met. We met. Um, we actually, I we 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 actually met when I was in eleventh grade. You were a senior. Right. I, I I remember my senior year meeting you. I think it was on like the train going to like a soccer game. We were on the seven train. <laughs> Those soccer games, dude. 
And I remember thinking, who is this loud motherfucker just screaming about soccer and stuff? <laughs> I don't know what made me want to talk to you after that, but I don't regret it, so. I mean, that's a pretty accurate definition of me, though. Like, I'm so loud, I actually have to put the, uh, the, the, my mic down so it doesn't max out too loud. Because I'm just, I'm, I'm not, we're both pretty naturally loud, but I've always been uh, pretty boisterous. And what are some of the struggles you had? First, two-part question. What are some of the struggles you had as an autistic person when you were a kid and like a teenager? And then what are some of the struggles you have as an adult? As a kid, it was just hard to connect with everybody. I didn't want to talk to people. I, I wanted to just literally sit and read books and do the same things every day. Like, I had this habit, apparently, as a kid, where I refused to put on shorts in the summer. And then as soon as I did, I didn't want to switch back to long pants in the winter. Like, I wanted to wear, like, the same stuff. My childhood was Thomas the Tank Engine, Magic School Bus, and Dinosaurs. It was just that kind of rotating at Pokemon. It was a very small nice. circle. Meme- memes have ruined Thomas the Tank Engine for me. <laughs> All those memes of Thomas the Tank Engine with various captions, that it ruined it for me. Thomas can't believe this bullshit. That was like, <laughs> Thomas, <laughs> the, the, Thomas, <laughs> the Thomas can't believe this bullshit. Yeah, that word. Thomas has never seen such a mess. If you want to talk about my struggles as a teenager, I have this great moment which I think kind of exemplifies it. My class was playing Jeopardy. Everyone always wanted me on Jeopardy because I, I was good at it. I got the questions right. And I got one right. And one of our classmates, Star Asia, runs up to me and she's like, pound it! And she does the fist. And I'm literally staring there dumbfounded, not knowing what to do. I could not process the reaction. So that should give you a pretty good idea. Yeah. Well, what is it with kids? For some reason, it's not all kids love Jeopardy. Even going into the teenage years. When I worked in, 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 in youth development, that was we were supposed to come up with lesson plans. And whenever we didn't have a lesson plan, because... Because we either weren't provided for, we weren't either, it wasn't given to us by the organization, or I was just too lazy to actually, like, we were given, like, a template, so I was too lazy to fill it out, that happened a lot, or I was too hungover, that happened a lot, too. Uh, I just played Jeopardy. <laughs> Jeopardy is fun. We, we, like we all did that. We just, we just played Jeopardy. You came in, you were too stoned, you just came in, you, you did Jeopardy. It's fun, that's all I can say. It's fun for everyone. You don't really get that too often, where it's fun for everyone. I know, I know, um, but yeah, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. So, where, where, so that was one of the struggles you had as a teenager. What are some of the others, if you can remember? Well, as an adult in college, I remember I literally. Oh God, went, college! I used to go classes, food, and my dorm room for the first year. I didn't really, I didn't really branch out that much. So I for context, to... me and him went to the same college, too. Not just We went to the same high school and the same college, just for context. Yeah, you were the year after me, so I was literally all alone my freshman year. And I kind of just tended to stick to myself. I did go to some parties if I was invited, but I was never going to be the one to ask or invite anyone myself. I, and if I was invited, I kind of just tended to like lay on the wall, not really say much, wondering what the hell I'm doing here. Yeah, was, that was... It always felt too. like something was, like, grabbing my throat so I couldn't talk. Like, the words just would not come out. And that still <laughs> follows me, even as an adult, when I'm in a new environment. Yeah. I, I remember that a little bit when we go to parties. See, I was always someone where, if I was drunk enough, I could talk to anybody. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember you, you spent... I remember visiting you 
uh, your first year up there. And, like, we, we basically just chilled. I mean, nowadays that sounds great. Like, spending your time in your room just doing work and ordering pizza. 2020, we'd be heroes. I know, right? Like, we're both in our late, our very late 20s. We're both 29. Yeah, I'm 29, going to be 30 by the end of this year. Same. So. I'm going to be 30 in a couple months. So now we're old enough that we're like, shit, a night, Friday night in with a Domino's pizza. And a, and a video game? Oh, and a yeah, video game? Right. That sounds great. That sounds like a great night. I actually do have another good example real fast here. Um, I was an intern at, let's call it a local zoo, because I don't know if I want to actually <laughs> I know what you're talking about, yeah, yeah, I was, the, yeah, I was interning there, and I had a rotating staff of keepers who I would work with. And I remember towards the end, it was just damn near impossible to communicate with any of them. It really felt like there was this invisible barrier separating us. Like, no matter what I, how much I wanted, I could not push through it. I could not tell you what that feeling was exactly. Like, I don't know if it's anxiety, fear, but... It, it's it, it's a lot of stuff. It's sort of, it's sensory, it's anxiety, it's all that stuff mixed together. The one thing I will say about you... First of all, I, I will share a story. I remember the first time... I think this is the first time, time, time you got drunk. Because I wasn't there. And you were... I don't know who you were with. You might have been with Corey or, or, or your roommate. But... You were drinking, and you texted me, and you're like, I'm so drunk right now. Now, for, for context, I was in the process of making a very... I made a very bad decision, let's just say that, on oh, no. who I should take my senior prom. I made a very bad decision, and I was in the process of having to go through with that decision. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know, okay, I, I, I know where this is going now. So, that, that's when you fucking texted me. So, I'm with this shit, and I'm just like... I. I Mentally, I'm just like, fuck my life. I can't believe I just did this shit. And then this dude texted me, and he's like, yo, I'm so drunk right now. I'm like, good for you. Can you teleport downstate to New York City and come grab my ass right now? <laughs> and then two hours, and then no, it was like two hours later. I'm still, like, at, at at the prom with this chick, like, wishing, like, we were on, like, we were, we, it was a terrace, a terrace at the park where you had yours. So, like, I was just, it, it's like these two uh, towers and this circle. It looks like a water tower. I was Aren't just they shaped water... like giant T's or something weird? Like... Yeah, yeah, it's shaped like that, like a water tower. It looks like a water tower. So I was just praying the water tower part would fall on me by about this point. <laughs> it doesn't, trust me, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I had to go through the whole thing. And you texted me again, and you're like, oh my god, I feel so sick. And yeah. that was basically our college. Like, that summed up with everything I just said was basically our no, college career. I got a better story, what I've never told you before. Oh, shit, nice. This may have been freshman or beginning of sophomore year. My roommate made me a bunch of these alcoholic slushies. Oh, I had two of them, not realizing how much alcohol was in them. So I was a lot more drunk than I initially realized. So much so that I went down to the lobby of our dorm, and I asked my neighbor for more alcohol. <laughs> The goddamn RA is right next to me listening to all this, and she knows I'm a, and she knows I'm underage right at this point. <laughs> so I'm literally asking for more liquor in front of the goddamn RA of the building. I once walked into a dining hall with a mixed drink. I mean, that's not the worst thing that's ever happened in that dining hall. <laughs> I know, right? But the problem <laughs> is I immediately got this. I have a mixed drink and a water bottle. And the, 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 it's a mix of, like, a blue vodka and Fanta orange soda which made it look brown. 
So no one, so clearly it's Ugh. alcohol. So I come stumbling my ass in, and you have to check into the dining hall, and the adult yep. that's working there just looks at me. It's like you didn't even attempt to hide the fact that you're bringing alcohol in, into a dining I know, hall. That's almost insulting at a certain point. Like, like, that's what she looked at me like, like this, like she was insulted by my stupidity. And then, as an adult, what are some of the struggles you faced, or, or are facing? I shouldn't say faced; are facing. Uh, I guess just opening myself up to, like, co-workers and stuff. I always had this debate whether I actually want to know these people or if I would never want to talk to them. <laughs> I, took, I like, think that's I, that's kind of everybody. It took a little bit of my old job to get used to people, but they always kind of talked to me, so that helped. If that doesn't really happen, I'll tend to stick to myself. I'm not, I'm not usually the type to extend the conversation. That's That's always been a thing. I don't know if I'm ever going to change that. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially because, like, people are kind of dicks. Yeah, that's true. You, you yeah, really don't like, know who you're working with. Like, people are. But another question, what are... So, when you're dealing... When you're feeling really overwhelmed, what are some of the coping mechanisms you have? What are some of the mechanisms you've developed to help keep yourself from, like, completely just imploding on somebody? Uh... It it depends. Usually, I'll just go to my room and put on a, a video game I like, like Mass Effect. That's a classic one I love to play all the time. Everyone well, loves that. Like, I'm the only one that, like, isn't into that. Well, I, you should try to get into it if you can, but then we'll save that for another conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. I mostly just dive into YouTube. I just watch, like, a bunch of old videos. There's this great YouTube channel, Binging with Babish. He's great because it's his vi- he's a chef. So it's just a calm video of a guy making all kinds of awesome food for movies and TV. No, I think that's dope. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, besides the fact that I knew our conversation would be legendary, is you're sort of an example, in my opinion, I think once I'm done with this, a lot of people have that opinion, of an autistic person who sort of is having a pretty normal life, for lack of a better word. Like, what is normal? I get that. But you're sort of having what, what we consider a life. You've, you've held down a job consistently since you left college, which is more than can be said about me. Like, a, full, a full-time job pretty consistently for the last almost decade now. I graduated um, a four-year college. It's like the hardest major they had. Yeah, you grad- You were a zoology major. Like, for folks, for, for, for perspective, are every, every each major has a certain amount of credits necessary to complete the major. My major, I was creative writing. So basically I majored in how to be unemployed. And so the so being unemployed required 54 credits. His major was zoology. His major required more credits than any other major. How much was it again? I forget. I think it was 97. It was in the 90s. Yeah, it was it was 97. So 54 in being unemployed and 97 in zoology. And it was like a little over 110 credits you needed to graduate. So my major pretty much took up all the credits I needed to graduate. Yeah, I think, I think it was like 122, I believe. Yeah, I was taking like five classes a semester. Yeah, you, you were savaging. And you finished in four years with no incoming credits because the the school we went to didn't offer any real college programs because... It was basically like they, they, they treated us like we were bubble, like we lived in a bubble. 
like we were those people who have to live in a bubble because our immune system's so weak. They assume none of us were actually going to make it into a university. So like, why the hell are they going to need college credits? They're all going to be working at McDonald's in two years. We don't need to prepare these people for real life. So, you assume they thought we could have a job that, that quickly to begin with. Yeah, I'm not I know. even sure they thought that with some of us. I know, yeah, they really, the, 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 the standards were super low in that place. But you grab no incoming credits. Hardest, one of, if not the hardest major on campus. Graduated with a solid GPA in four years. For context, I didn't finish. I dropped, I spent four, four years, ran out of financial aid and dropped out. And then went to community college and said, screw this, I don't want to go to college anymore, and dropped out. So you finished college in four years, finished high school, on time, by the way, which most of the people in our school, including myself, had been held back at least a year for one reason or another. You finished on time, finished college in four years, held down a job for the last decade, have been in a long-term relationship for, shit, almost 10, May is 10 years, right? Yes, it's going to be 10 years in May. I, yeah, I, I, have can't, to, I, I can't believe that either. I, I have to count it on how long ago it was when we got into that fight. Do we want to mention that at all? Oh, yeah, we're, we're, fucking, mention, we're fucking mentioning that. So, d- during my freshman year of college, so his sophomore year, um, we got into a bit of trouble. I got into a bit of trouble. Can because, I tell it? Cause, uh, I, yeah, I yeah, no, you have to fucking tell have. I was blacked out for most of it, so you have to fucking tell it. Okay. Uh, it was a random night. I want to say it was like March or early April. It was March 31st, I believe. Well, that sounds about right. Anyway, yeah. We went yeah, out, it was a, we went it was out a week after my birthday. That's how I know that. <laughs> we went out drinking. You had a lot more alcohol than I remember you having. I kind of which, sobered which, which, which was always. That, so at this point in my life, I was pretty much an alcoholic by any definition of the word. Weren't you chugging Johnny Walker? Like, that shit is whiskey. That's, that's powerful. <laughs> like, like, pretty much any definition, even generous definition of alcohol, like, I fit the bill. Like, I was straight up alcoholic. And we're on this thing called the D-Bus. It was a, a paid service that students could use to get from campus to anywhere in the town. It was great. Yeah, it, 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 D-Bus is short for the drunk bus. It was, it's featured on MTV, actually. Yeah, I, I can't find that on YouTube. I looked a few years ago. And the thing is, we're on the way home. You're still drunk as a skunk. I'm sober. And you don't want to be the one sober guy in a bus full of drunk people. <laughs> I was fucking pissed. I wanted to <laughs> knock somebody out at that point. I was just angry. For context, what I was feeling like at that moment. And we were roommates, so... I didn't want to go back to the room. I was just out in the hall. I think I was trying to go see a friend, because the hall was, like, fucking dark, so I didn't want, I, you know, I couldn't really do much. Yeah. And that's why I remember you come out, like, stumbling, bumbling, drunk. Yeah, I tried to order food, and I was too drunk. You had to go through an app, and I was too drunk to enter my password, so I gave up and started wandering out into the lounge. And you're like, you're, you're gonna rat me out, you're gonna tell this person I'm drunk. How dare you? Something like that. Oh yeah, this is, the, the person in question was uh, some girl I was tr- some girl I was trying to hook up with who ended up being really toxic. But so am I, as you're about to hear. So, right, we got into it. I don't remember what was said after that. You walked away. You kind of turned your back on me. I had enough, and I tried to give you the two arm shove. Mind y'all, I was I was like maybe 180 pounds, but like. Only ten pounds of that was muscle, so you went like maybe half an inch. Yeah, remember when we remember when remember when you were one hundred and eighty pounds and I weighed two thirty? I, I missed those days. 
Yeah, the point is, I gave you the two-handed shove, you turned around, and then that's when we got into it. You were just, like, punching me in the back of the head and shit. I was just trying to get out. First of all, to set the scene, I don't like the stereotype on this show. But picture two people with learning disabilities attempting to fight. No, it was that's like... That's what a, it looked like. It was like an NBA fight. You ever see Michael Jordan trying to punch Reggie Miller? It's like the, eh, the little baby slap. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what we were doing. It's sort of like a baseball fight. you ever seen baseball players, not, not, almost none of them know how to throw hands. Same with any sport, really. Like when Tony yeah. tried to punch the guy's helmet and miss for the Giants. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. But besides the point, yeah. I think we had to be separated by some guy who came out of the elevator right as we were getting into it. And this is a long-winded way of saying, and that is how Ryan met his girlfriend. Right, <laughs> I wish separated. this was a joke. I got moved to a single two floors up in our same dorm room. You got suspended from campus. I got I right suspended, like yeah. And no one told me, so I went back to our floor, and you got so mad, you got me kicked off our floor until your suspension was started. Because I thought you were trolling me, because you weren't supposed to be on the floor. So I thought, oh, he's just trolling me at this point. For the record, even if I wanted to do that, I'm not smart enough to. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not at that point. But yeah, I was in a single room, and that's... And I kind of needed some friends at that point. So I started talking to my girlfriend, and yeah, I kind of... It was easy to hook up, I guess. Well, I don't want to say it like that. Fuck, that was Uh, a bad mean, I mean, mean, everyone kind of figures that out, because you had had a single. Because in most of the dorms, you you had two people. So yeah, it was easier single. to talk and bond, I, I want to say. Yeah. It was just us in the room. Yeah, exactly. And and and, and, and you're, not one, you're not like one of those dudes just hooks up with random chicks anyway, so. Yeah, we met in the beginning of April, and it was like the towards the halfway point of May where we made it official that year. But we actually, you didn't know, you didn't know her before the fight, but what happened is because we were roommates... Y'all couldn't really get close because neither of us left the fucking room ever. Because neither of us had a social life. Apparently we did meet. I remember she was hanging out in the... Our floor's little, like, gathering area. I was there trying to do homework. According to her, I was staring at her the whole time we were both out there. Just, just like... Dead-on staring. Her hair... No, her hair was purple at the time. So she was recognizable. So I believe it. Look, as a young autistic boy, <laughs> I had never seen, I wasn't, to, for context, our school had like three women. <laughs> our high school true. had three women, that not counting true. the teachers. In, in special ed, because men are so heavily, are so uh, overdiagnosed, I wouldn't say overdiagnosed, but men are like more likely to get, are about four times more likely to get diagnosed as autistic and two to three times more likely to get diagnosed with ADHD. So as a result, our high school had, I believe, a five-to-one boy-to-girl ratio. There were very few girls. Right. And I was kind of mesmerized when I saw my girlfriend for the first time. I didn't know her. What can Aww. I say? I mean, it was creepy as fuck in hindsight. <laughs> hey, she accepted my friend request that same day, so go figure. Shit, that had to be destiny, because that should not have worked. It, it kind of had to be. and But the, this is what I mean. Like, a lot of parents are hoping that their kids are can sort of turn out like you, where you're very articulate. You are, and you've come a long way since we met in high school. We're both really different, but you were way more shy in high school. You were way, you weren't quite as boisterous. Um, 
you used to, obviously you were in high school, so you, you you were lacking a certain maturity. So was I, but you've really come a long way, and you're very articulate, and you have a great sense of humor. And like I said, you're holding down a job, you're holding down a relationship, which a lot of autistic people have issues with relationship, including me. Um, so you're what a lot of parents are hoping their or something like you are hoping their kids turn out to be. I'm someone you want to hope your kids don't turn out to be, <laughs> judging by this podcast. I mean, thing... it could be worse. They could have given birth to the Unabomber. Oh, shit. Or a Capitol Rioter. Like, it could get much worse. Don't sell yourself short. Like, yeah, it right. could get a whole lot so worse. You're... I'm just going to say, if you have a kid, and your kid grows up, and he starts watching Fox News and Newsmax, and decides that he's going to storm the fucking capital of the United States because a fat orange man who almost certainly has Alzheimer's tells them that the election was stolen despite any real evidence. If you raise that child, you fucked up as a parent. I'm just going to say, you fucked or up. Or you were in the riot with them. Like, let's face or, or you were with them. Or, or you were right in the crowd with them. But on a serious note, a lot of those rioters were actually, a lot of them did turn out to be autistic. Not all of them, obviously. But a lot of them were autistic because a lot of them didn't get the care they probably needed as kids. They didn't get the, the schooling they needed. And they got sort of led astray. And part of me feels bad for them. Part of me, because they're also freaking treasonous insurrectionists, oh. but I do kind of feel bad for them. I want to say this. At the time, I went to our our school, starting in 6th grade, which was like the mid-2000s. Our school was probably the best special education option in New York City. One of the biggest cities in the entire world. Yeah. And it wasn't good. It was so a shithole. So that context onto how bad the other special education were. Oh yeah, it was a total shithole. It was a shithole, and it was like the best option was, around. Special ed was... Education in general is bad in this country, but it's even it was even worse for special ed for the longest time. I look like we're not that far removed for like from like kids being in broom closets. We're not that far removed from a time when you could th- you could bring a knife into school, threaten to stab someone, and be allowed on campus even though you were expelled. We had that a happened freaking... in my old private public school. But we that happened well, that that happened in Norland too. The two years after you left, the year after I left, some kid. Uh, born a gun, they had to lock our school's on an island, so they had to lock down the whole island. They had help police helicopters, everything. Wow, that's yeah. not that's not and typical. The kid that that did it was the kid we all knew would probably do it. Like we all say, like I was like when this kid showed up, I was like, please God, let me graduate before this dude brings a strap to school, please. Just I'm I'm a senior. Just, I'm about to graduate high school. Like my, neither my mom or dad graduated high school, so I was first kid. It, it, I was first one of them to actually graduate high school. So I was like, please, just let me graduate high school without my school getting shot up. That's all I ask at this point. <laughs> and I think something would be an interest to a lot of autistic people is, what are some of the things that you've done successfully? Because obviously you're doing something right to sort of maintain a relationship over almost a decade. Because that's no small feat for anybody. But especially there's a stereotype with autistic people that, like, we're, uh, we don't have empathy. And since we sometimes struggle reading uh, facial expressions and stuff, we can be sort of high maintenance as romantic partners. So what has gone well for you? 
Well, I want to say, first of all, that the not feeling empathy stereotype is a complete note of bullshit. We <laughs> yeah, feel it, it. It's just often how we express it is not in the way that most people would understand. But the key is, like, any relationship ever. It's listening. It's communicating it to your partner and listening to your partner and being a, treating them as an equal. A lot of men love to treat their women as just something that they have. Like someone like, who has like, like, an achie- like. like an achievement they won in a video game. Basically, like, you have to like what I like. You have to do what I want you to do. Like, I, I want you to come to cook me food when I come home from a hard day of drinking with my buddies. <laughs> like. Or, or, or another thing that we do, unfortunately, is we'll, like, find some girl actually agrees to date us, and then we'll just worship the ground that they walk on. Like. I was like that for a little bit, yeah. You I had a to... small, like, right at the beginning, but on, considering how, as we just described how you met, um, it, it, you, you grew out of that pretty quickly. I sort of, I'm like that with, like, every chick, where it's bad. Like, I just fucking grovel. Like, I'm not ashamed to admit that shit. Some of that is natural, but at a certain point, you have to realize, you have to kind of tone it down. And how, and how do you deal with, like, things like disagreements or stuff? Or is there anything that, like, she, is there anything she used to do or does that sort of, I don't know, rubbed up against uh, your autism in a way that you had to somehow make an accommodation. You get what I mean? Oof. Uh, you have to give me a second with this one. Um, I, I usually, I get invited to her family's pretty much every year for holidays and stuff. And as you can imagine, being the one autistic white boy in a room full of highly social Puerto Rican and Dominican family... It's not exactly easy for me. It still isn't. I just... At this point, I've just kind of adjusted to it. Uh, I think... No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up, because that's a big one that a lot of parents have. We actually did an episode on the main series we have on, like, ga- family gatherings, because that can be a lot for a lot of autistic people. Even as we become adults, we don't grow out of that. That inability to deal with the noise and the talking and the social expectations... We just get better at masking. Sometimes it's just time. You have to, like any activity, you have to do it enough. Eventually you'll get past that initial high wave of anxiety and it'll go down to something where it's much more manageable in your brain. And do you have, so there's a concept that a lot of autistic people have to deal with known as masking, which is sort of in the name, where you have to sort of mask or tone down your more autistic traits, usually in like social situations or at work or what have you. Are there any situations where you feel like you have to mask? Yeah, I feel like I have to at my job because I don't know if I necessarily want to tell them that I'm a guy, that I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> like, lots of, lots of, a lot of things nerd related. Because even nowadays, there's still a lot of traditionalists who are opposed to that type of stuff and they see you as a freak, a weirdo. Uh, no, I, 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 trust me, I, I get that. I had to, when I worked with, I'd say the most masking I had to do, well, I would say, I was going to say the most masking, no, second most masking was when I worked with kids. The most is I worked in sales for a little bit, and that, I, if you're an autistic person listening to this, I suggest you just don't go into sales, because that is... Or retail. Retail Or re- retail. Oh, yeah. Well, that was were... a lot of masking, because you have to pretend to be a, to be a normal human being. Because they will give you shit just for existing in retail. And one of the things that 
I th- I'm glad you mentioned that because w- you worked a, you still work a pretty stressful job, but you worked an absolutely just hell job for a long time for a uh, pet supply company we will not name. So we'll call, we'll, we'll call. Well, them I would shit- say this: they're very smart with pets. Yes, we're going to call them shit bags. Are us? So you worked for shit bags. Are us? How many years? It was around four and a half years. And that was an absolute, that was like your, that was like your first legit job, right? Not like an internship. Yeah, that was my first legit job, John. That was, well, I wouldn't say it was right after college because I did some post-college stuff and then I took a little bit of a break for the winter and then I started my job. Yeah. And how were you able to deal with some of, because that job was pretty much everything an autistic person struggled with. You had to, you had to deal with people, you had to deal with demanding bosses, you had schedules that constantly shifted um, you had unpleasant environments. The store basically didn't have air conditioning or heat. It felt like sometimes whenever I'd be in there during the winter, it'd freeze my yeah, ass Yeah, that off. building was brought, was made so quickly that nothing ever worked. It was like, def- most, it was like, like most buildings built in the last five years in New York City. Yeah, thanks, Brooklyn. Yeah, I know, right? But how did you deal with all that stress for such a prolonged period of time? Do you feel like it had, how did you deal with it? And do you feel like it had any like negative effects on you? Well, I will say at the beginning, it wasn't as bad, because I actually kind of liked the managers. As the company began struggling, they started bringing in more people from the outside, and that's when things got bad. But the changing schedule was always a hassle. I felt like I couldn't plan anything at a certain point. If I needed time off, I had to tell, like, three different people that I needed the time off, or one of them was going to call me and be like, why aren't you working? Yeah, and and they didn't have you working consistently. Like, they'd have you come in one day at 6 a.m., and then... The next day, you'd be close. You'd be working four p.m. to midnight. Right to kind of stop that, I had to switch positions. I started working in the pet care department, then I switched to stock for my final year and a half, because stock was more consistent hours, more consistent schedule. You had to be, you had to work for delivery days, so it was guaranteed you were in that day. I, I think that's awesome because what you did. So, so take note of that, everyone who's listening. What you did was you were in an. You were in an unstable environment in terms of scheduling. So you took control of what you could t- take control of, which was let me switch positions and see if I can switch positions into a position that has a more stable hours. Right. There's also, you can talk to the general manager, which is what I had to do a few times. You can't do closed door meetings with management, and you should do it. You should bring the concern up. And if they don't do anything, HR is right is a short is a easy phone call away. No, exactly, and I think that's great because that's how a lot of autistic adults. That is how we have to get by. We have to do a lot of self advocacy, and that's who's having to talk to manager. That's self advocacy, and I know you're not someone who you you mentioned this on the podcast up to this point, and I know for I, I know this that you're not someone who your first instinct isn't to just go talk to people. But you did what you had to do. Right. At a certain point, yeah, you just have to do it. It's going to it's gonna be hard. I'm not going to lie. But the benefit, the rewards are worth it. Because like, you will feel better at the very least. And something will usually get done eventually. And, 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 and I respect that. You've always been someone to self-advocate. And then you left the job because you thought you were going to get a uh, better opportunity. Kind of ended up not being a great opportunity 
Well, but yeah. For context, I switched to from retail to a doggy daycare and boarding company. I wasn't the greatest with dogs. My mom and my girlfriend were sure I'd be able to do this job because I tended not to react well when dogs jump on me and stuff. But I like working with animals. It's what I wanted to do for a career. So at a certain point, I'm like, I'm going to have to get over this fear. And I took a shot in the dark and it worked out for me for a little while. And then COVID hit. <laughs> and then COVID hit and fucked all of us. Right. We were hit so hard financially, nothing could get done after a while. We, we were just kind of drifting. Hell, you even got me a job at that place, and I got fired in three fucking days. And I still, I am sorry about that, because it got really, really hard. No, it's, we it's not struggling. your fault. Well, technically it was a week and a half, because I had a week of tra- on-the-job training and three official days, and I got shit-canned. That wasn't your fault, though. It was just, I, I because there was, it was one of those jobs, I'll tell you right now, we worked, it, like you said, it was like a pet daycare. It was one of those jobs where stuff happened very, very quickly. That sound was me snapping my fingers. Happened very quickly. Uh, schedules tended to change. You have to remember a lot of names, names of pets. It's something I'm not good at. And you have to be, have a high stress threshold. Ryan was one of the best employees. I could tell you that because I work there. So I could tell you he was. He was very unappreciated because sometimes he was a little bit quiet. But you were one of the best employees. But there was a lot of just chaos. It was a system of structured chaos, that job. And it's amazing. How long were you there for? October 2019 to, I believe, July of 2021. So, so almost, almost two, years. two years. And that job was just insanity walking. Like, if you walked in and shit hit the fan immediately. I don't know right. how, as an autistic person, you dealt with that shit. It was really hard in the beginning. But I kind of had to tell myself, you don't have a backup. So, take it one day at a time. Some days <laughs> are better than others. You will get better. You have people who also are in the shit who understand that and who will help you. Because when you work with dogs, you're not working with awful retail people. You're working with people who actually want to do their job. That is that that is true. That that is true. And you're just a natural with with, with pets too. That you've you've always a lot of autistic people seem to have a bond with animals. I don't, but you you've always seemed to. I think it comes down to the fact that it's easier to understand an animal. They're much simpler. They don't pretend to be your friend and lie behind your back. They don't dislike you for... Well, some dogs will dislike you, but it's for... Yeah. It's not because they hate your guts or anything. Yeah, and most, do- and most dog dogs will come like around. You. I remember this one really old dog. Let's just call him Buck. He was this old-ass mutt who he did not like me. He used to was bark that, was the, was that the Beagle, the 17-year-old Beagle? No, that was someone else. Uh, you never met. You never met Buck. Uh, okay. He, he passed, like, at the start of the pandemic, but for Aww. health reasons. He was old. He was really Aww. old. And uh, it got to the point where, after a few months, he would walk up to me and rub my hand to, l- to want me to pet him. Mind you, this dog was, like, trying to bite me if I got close to him when I first started. He did not like me, so... It's much easier and quicker to bond with a dog than it is for people. It is. It, I, I agree. And I think some pets can be autistic. I know there's, there's not a lot of research I'm familiar with on that, but, like... Falafel was definitely autistic. And it's a dog, so we can say the names. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he tended to literally just sit in one corner and hang out all day. That's all he wanted to do. We, we had saw the, his mom, then he would go eat shit. We had this play area, uh, which was like artificial turf. This and, giant backyard area, yeah, it was massive. The largest and, outdoor yard in all of Brooklyn. 
and this dog falafel was a chocolate lab to give you an idea and this dog as soon as he come, had such separation anxiety he'd walk over to a corner usually find like a dog house and just sit there the whole time wouldn't play with the other dogs he wasn't mean but like if you pet him sometimes he'd respond but generally he just wouldn't really respond the oh, other he's a he sweet boy yeah yeah, he wouldn't play with the other dogs, and he only got excited when his parents came to pick him up, when his mom did. It was, it could be raining, it could be snowing, it could be a hundred, it could be zero degrees, he'd want yeah. to be outside. He did not like being in the kennel either. I don't blame him, like, I, I don't, those kennels really aren't all that good, they're too damn small. I agree, they're awful. They're built for a animals. business that wants to get as many dogs as possible, they're not built yeah. just for the comfort of the animals. So, and that's any place, really. I'm going to ask one last question, because we try to cap these between 45 minutes and an hour. So I'm going to ask one last question. What? Oh, actually, two, screw it, two questions. First question is, did you receive any sorts of like therapies when you were a kid, like OT, uh, uh, physical therapy, speech therapy, any of that stuff, counseling when you were a kid? Well, in the special ed school, yeah, we did have speech therapy, and we did have counseling for what good they did. <laughs> For what good? I was about to say those don't count. <laughs> those are terrible. That was. Basically I guess technically it. they count. That was basically it. It was just that I had nothing in my previous school life, or after, or outside of school. Okay, and actually, I have two more questions after that because I'm a liar. So, uh, another question is sort of in the related vein. Did uh, you may not know this because obviously you wouldn't remember this, but did you have any uh, delays? In, in, like, regular childhood milestones, like tying your shoe or speech or potty training or uh, any of that stuff? Well, tying my shoes is still a bitch, so that'll give you an idea. <laughs> well, I have trouble, too, but I'm just, we're, we're just fat. Like, that now it's just because we're fat. Bending, gravity is an asshole. I wouldn't, I don't remember necessarily having any delays. I remember I was really, really good at reading. I, could, so you, I was you, at a you, much higher reading You've always level. been good at that, yeah. So I think basically it was just my mind was better at doing isolated things, not like group things. And my final question, and I promised to the audience because I keep telling them we're we're about to bounce. Um, what what were some of like have your parent have your parents always been sort of uh, supportive? Were some of their ideas around you being autistic? Do they believe you're autistic since you were never officially diagnosed? Um, were some how, how did your parents respond to everything we, we've mentioned thus far your whole life? Well, if they didn't believe it, they never would have got me to that meeting that got me in the child school. So I believe they, they knew something was up. They just didn't know what. I'd say they were very supportive through the whole thing. Hindsight and, is twenty twenty. I could poke holes in what happened in the past all day long, but I still think they were trying their best with the resources they had at the time. And do you find, and this is a corollary to my last question, it's not an actual question, it's not its own separate question, technicality, technicality. do you find that um, were they, with with the tools that they had, because obviously we both, you weren't diagnosed, but you got an IEP in sixth grade, and I got diagnosed eight years old, we're talking early 2000s, so what we know about autism, especially in the States, wasn't then what it is now. With the, the, the sort of resource they had available, do you feel like they supported your needs? For the most part, yes. 
when it came to me being bullied, I could have probably used a bit more support on that end. Like, to put things in perspective, there was one incident. I'll, I'll, I'll make this quick. There was no, a it's fine. We still have time. There was a policy. You were not allowed to walk, to go to homeroom at a, at a high school with a, with, a, with a game console. For one day, I had my DS. I was playing it before we went to our homerooms. I had it in my hand because it was going to go into my backpack. It got confiscated because our homeroom teacher is a bitch. <laughs> Everyone knows her, trust me. Yeah, I, I get know it what back. you're talking about. I get it back later that day, and I go to play it on the train, and the fucking top screen is broken. It's like a $200 console, and they fucking broke the screen of it. Oh, yeah, this is like the DS that had the top and the bottom screen, right? Yeah. Ugh. So instead of arguing with the school to get it replaced, they just bought a new, by on just bought a new one. And even, no, the I... kids who, even the kids who bullied me were like, guys, school, this is bullshit. You should not have broken that. You should have compensated me. Like, it was bad. Yeah, I, I I get I get that, um, but yeah, I think this 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 was great. Uh, we're definitely gonna have you on. I definitely want you on a bunch more times because we got so much more that we could talk about. Basically, I just want to say one more thing. One thing before we go. To anyone autistic person who is listening to this, please be yourself. Please be yourself. It's the best you can do. The world has no place for fakers. So yeah, and they're it. gonna see, and they're gonna see through you anyway. So you might as well be yourself. Even if you're, even if you really are a weirdo, just be yourself. Because being yourself is the only way to improve. You got to know who you are before you can recognize what needs improving, if anything. And no, people that's... will recognize your truth, and they'll want to gravitate towards you if you're not lying about yourself, because they can spot lies a mile away. No, definitely, man. That's that, that shit. That's a great way to end it, dude. So. Thanks, you guys, for listening. We're definitely going to have Ryan back on uh, at least a few more times. We have a lot more. Dis- we have a lot more to discuss because we've known each other so long, and Ryan has a lot of insights on everything. And thank you, Ryan, for being here. And this is this is this is a great episode, really. Oh, this thank was you. fun, man. Thank you for the invite. I'm, I'm glad. That I'll definitely come back. This is awesome. No problem. See you guys. Later.